have a question? Anybody have a question you want to mention this morning? Anybody have a question you'd like to ask? No questions this morning? No questions. Greg? Wait a minute. You have a question that you have notes on? That's not fair. That's not fair. (laughs) Is there a difference between believing on the Lord and believing in the Lord? To believe on the Lord Jesus Christ? Um, I Honestly, I'm not really sure. I don't know that there would be necessarily a big difference in that, either believing on the Lord or believing in the Lord. Um, are, they both, are they both in reference to salvation, or I'm not really sure. Okay, I'll come back to you in about 20 minutes. Yeah, I, I guess I'd have to look at the context and see what the context is saying. Um, I'm not really sure about that. That would be interesting to look at, though, what the context is dealing with there. Okay. Um, well, this was a question somebody asked me, um, and I appreciate all, all the, the text messages and things like that, but um, kind of with what's going on this morning, I was, I was a little bit surprised that there, there wasn't a question kind of dealing with this. Um, obviously with the whole situation with Israel and things going on like this, but uh, somebody asked me a question, are the, uh, are the Palestinians, are they the descendants of the Philistines? Obviously the Palestinians and things that are going, uh, the war and stuff that's going on there, would these be descendants from the Philistines? Obviously we know in the Old Testament uh, that was one of the nations that was always giving Israel a hard time, right? They were always, always giving Israel a hard time, um, in fact, whether it's through the judges, through David, uh, the Philistines are always there attacking, um, taking Israel in captivity, God delivering them from the Philistines, you know. Um, so are the Palestinians um, of the Philistines? Well, would anybody, what would somebody, what would you think about that? Anybody want to just take a, take a stab? I know you don't have any notes, right? <laughs> right? Anybody want to take a stab? Would, they, would there be any, uh, any correlation between the Palestinians and the Philistines? What's that? Could be. Okay. That's a safe answer there. Could be. Right. Yeah. Some of them are, are Muslims there. The Arabs, right? Anybody else? Just want to take a stab? Nobody? Anybody ever thought about that before? Anybody that question's ever come into your mind before? Oh, yeah. So, okay, so there's some, some of you. Yeah, some of you that have thought about that. Okay. Um, but those of you that thought about it don't want to give an answer now. I see. Yeah, okay. All right. Um, well, obviously, you have, um, like I mentioned, you do have the Philistines in the Old Testament. Um, the Philistines, it's interesting when you kind of go back and study. Um, anybody know kind of where the Philistines started? Not like where they originated from, but land-wise. Anybody know like land-wise kind of where they started? 
What's that? Well, yeah, but I mean like, um, like in, so if you go back and study, you'll find that the Philistines were actually, um, uh, they were actually near the coast. They started near the coast of the Mediterranean Sea. Um, and they were actually like seafaring people. They started as seafaring people. Um, but then when you follow, they kind of moved, they kind of moved away from the, the coast and they started moving inland, right? They started moving inland. Um, and then of course you have, um, you know, I guess I should have looked this up. I'm not sure. And if somebody wants to, to Google it really quick, I won't hold you against using a phone in church really fast, but, um, I'm not really sure how far, what the, the mileage is between the Mediterranean Sea and the Jordan River. I'm not sure. I know it's not long. It's not huge. Um, what's that? 70 miles? Is that what it is? About 70 miles, something like that. He doesn't even need Google. He just, yeah, he's got it. Uh, he is Google. That's right. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, probably 60, 70, 80 miles, something like that. Um, and uh, so they, they began moving kind of inland a little bit there. Uh, but of course, the Philistines, the one thing that we have to remember, the Philistines were not the only nation that we could say in around Israel's time, right? Um, in fact, when you go through and you read about when Joshua sends the spies and Moses sends the spies, it talks about all these different ones, right? The Jebusites and the, um, you know, the, the, all the ites, right? The... Um, my mind just went blank. Tell me some of the tribes. The Amalekites, right? Um, the Hittites, the Jebusites, the, you know, all the ites, right? They were there. I mean, there's a bunch of them there. And obviously all of them, all of them were causing issues with Israel, obviously. Um, but the Philistines, it seemed like they were kind of one of the ones that really kind of seemed to cause problems for many, many years with, uh, with Israel. Um, Starting from, again, from the judges, you find um, Gideon, as Brother Jay was preaching about Gideon, um, you know, starting with the Philistines and Gideon, and then just going on, of course, David, um, of course, probably the, the most well-known Philistine would be who? Goliath, right? Goliath um, was a Philistine, and so you have all these, um, these tribes and groups and people there in, uh, in what we would now know as Israel. Um, when we think of Palestinians or Palestine, um, when, when Israel was established as a nation in 1948, before that, basically, Palestine was a reference to a territory. It was referencing that land area there. It was called Palestine, okay? Um, and so that area basically between the Mediterranean Sea and the Jordan River. That, that area was called, called Palestine. Um, and so really, it, it referred to anyone kind of living in that area, right? So anybody that was kind of living in the Palestine area, uh, again, this was before Israel became a nation, right? Um, right, were referred to those. Um, but then the, the modern day, what we would say Palestinians, um, I mean, they're, they're, again, there's, there's really no way to know definitely if they're ever a descendant from the Philistines, right? But the Palestinians today are not made up of just one group of people. And that's, I think that's something that many people don't understand. It's not just one group of people, right? Um, the, because the Palestinians, they represent a mixture of the, 
um, of countries, actually. There are, uh, there are obviously some of the local, you know, the local uh, inhabitants there, but there are also those from Bosnia, Muslims from Bosnia, from the Balkans, um, from Caucasus, by the Turks uh, and things, from Sudan, Egypt, Syria, Lebanon, right? There's, there's Muslims from all these different areas that are living there in Palestine that are referred to as Palestinians, okay? So to, to say that, you know, Palestinians as a nationality are descendants from the Philistines, I don't think we can necessarily say that simply because there are so many different, um, there are so many different groups that make up Palestinians, right? Um, that's like, that would be like saying, you know, um, all Americans are, have Norwegian background. Well, not all Americans have Norwegian background, right? Now, I might, and there might be some of you that might, but that doesn't mean everybody does. Because, why? Because we're made up of so many different cultures. There's so many different groups that people that we've come from, right? Um, some come from German background. Some come from, uh, you know, Africa. Some come from uh, Middle East. Some come from South America. You know, there's all these different backgrounds, but yet we make up one nation, America, right? We're Americans, okay? Um, so the Palestinians, very similar. There's, there's many different groups, many uh, groups of Muslims that are brought together that make up these, what we would call the Palestinians. Um, and so um, I don't know that we could necessarily say that the Philistines or the Palestinians are descendants from the Philistines. The other thing that we find is um, when do the Philistines kind of go off the scene, if we could say, biblically? Anybody know when kind of the Philistines kind of go off the scene? Rob? Around David's time? Well, he conquered them, that's true, but they were still around. They were still around. But anybody know when the Palestinians, or Palestinians, <laughs> the Philistines really kind of disappeared as far as we don't really hear of them anymore? What's that? No? Jeff? Yeah, so you have the Assyrian Empire that comes down, and again, they're not just conquering Israel, right? They're not just destroying Israel. They're destroying anybody that's in their path, right? And that include any, any other nations that were there, which included the Philistines, right? Uh, the Philistines and these other nations that were there, the, the Assyrians, when they came down, again, these were very, uh, this was very fierce people, um, the Assyrian Empire, and when they came down, they conquered a lot of the Philistines as well. In fact, when you go back even into the minor prophets, um, the, some of the minor prophets still refer to the Philistines, okay? Um, when you go through, I think Amos refers to them, I think maybe, um, I think it's Zechariah, there's some of the minor prophets that still refer to the Philistines, okay? So we know they're still around hundreds of years, even after David and all of this, but after the Assyrian Empire comes down and, of course, conquers the northern kingdom, and then later the Babylonian Empire comes in and conquers everybody. Again, these are, these are world powers. They're, they're conquering the world, right? And then, of course, after the Babylonian Empire comes in, you have the Medio-Persian Empire, and they conquer the world as well. And then after the Medio-Persian Empire, you've got the Roman Empire that comes in. 
And so once these world powers came in and basically just conquered everyone, you find a lot of these, um, uh, a lot of these, what we would say smaller, if we want to call them a nation, right, the, the, the Philistines or the, uh, the Jebusites or, you know, some of these other ones, they basically just get, they get, over, they get overtaken, right? They're, they're just, uh, what happened with Israel? What's that? They, they were occupied, but then also what happens is they're taken captive, right? They're taken back to their lands, right? And the only reason that we really see that God protected, you know, Israel and that kept them safe is because they were God's chosen people, right? And God had promised them these promises that he's going to fulfill. But these other nations, obviously, they, they did not have these promises of God. And so when the, uh, the Assyrian Empire comes in, destroys many of them, then the Babylonian Empire comes in, destroys many of them. What a lot of times when you study history, you'll find out when a, when a conquering nation would come in to be able to, if you could say, to be able to live um, and not be killed or not be destroyed, you would basically forsake your nationality, you would forsake your religion, you would forsake all those things, and you would become an Assyrian, you would become a Babylonian, you'd become whatever the conquerors were, okay? And so in effect, they're, they're getting rid of all of these, these nations and things like this, which was one of the reasons why um, when we think about uh, Daniel and we think about Hananiah and Azariah and Mishael, um, they were so unique in that they they were not allowing themselves to be uh, conquered by the Babylonians. They said, we're not going to eat your food. We're not going to bow down to your gods. They kept, they kept themselves different from what the Babylonians were trying to do. Okay? Um, and again, this, this was basically, this was how you conquered the world. You didn't just conquer it by force, but you also conquered it in having people become part of your group. Right? Um, what happened with the northern kingdom? What happened to the northern kingdom? The, ten, the northern ten tribes of Israel, what happened to them? When they were conquered by the Assyrian Empire. Anybody know what happened? There was, there was something major that really happened. Not just their being conquered, but something else really major happened between the Assyrian Empire and the northern kingdom. But know what happened? Because when we come to the New Testament, we find there's a lot of hatred between three groups of people. The three groups of people that we find in the, in the New Testament are Jews, right? We have Jews. There are Gentiles, which is anybody who is a non-Jew. But there's a third group of people, Samaritans. Now, wait a minute. If somebody's a non-Jew, wouldn't they just be considered a Gentile? If they're not Jewish, wouldn't they just be considered a Gentile? So why is there a third class? Why is this third group of people called Samaritans? They were mixed. That's right. So when the Assyrians, again, this is what these nations would do. When the Assyrians came in and conquered Israel... They got the Israelites to intermarry with the Assyrians, right? They would, and again, this was something that God told Israel specifically not to do, right? Israel was not to intermarry with these other nations and other groups of people, right? 
But this was what the Assyrians did. They got them to intermarry with the Assyrians and these other tribes. And what happens now, you have what, is, what was referred to as the Samaritans, who they were not purely Jewish, but yet they were not 100% Gentile. They were mixed. They had, they had mixed themselves between the Jew and the, the Gentiles, which is why there was such a hatred for them. I mean, to the Jew, I mean, the Gentiles were bad enough, but the Samaritans were even worse than the Gentiles because they, had, they, had, they were mixed, right? And so, uh, the, but again, this is how, again, conquer or conquest would take place, and they would, um, they would force people to accept and become basically who you are or you would die, right? By the way, this was how the... Um, this was how the, the, the Muslim empire grew so rapidly uh, in Europe and in North Africa and Asian things. It was not a growth of people truly following their religion. It was a growth of you convert to Islam or you will die. That's, again, that's, that's how they conquered in those days, right? And so that's exactly what, what uh, Muhammad did. They, w- they would go out, they would conquer, you either convert to Islam or you die. Well, again, we're, we're not talking about Christians, we're just talking about the known world. Well, I don't want to die, so what I'll do? Well, I'll convert to Islam, right? Now, it doesn't mean that they fully followed it, but they would convert simply to spare their life, right? So that they would not die. But that's how they would conquer these nations, the Babylonians, the, As- the Assyrian Empire, it was all about trying to, trying to, to separate people from who they were and make them something new, bring them into this new empire, bring them into this new system so that they would basically forsake, they would forsake all of that. They would not look at themselves as a Philistine. They would not look at themselves as a Jebusite. They would not look at themselves as... The, the, the Anakims, they would not look at themselves as those things. They would see themselves as an Assyrian. They would see themselves as a Babylonian, right? Um, and so that's, that's how they conquered. So I, I don't know that it would necessarily, and again, I'm not talking about, you know, I don't know how genetics and DNA and all this kind of stuff works into it or whatever. Um, but I don't know if there's necessarily a way to specifically say that the Palestinians are descendants from the Philistines. Because, again, you have these Assyria, Babylon, Medo-Persia, Rome. They came down and conquered all of these nations. They assimilated them into their society, into their religion, into all their different things. Um, by the way, let me just say, um, Muslims use that fear to do this. But there's also a religion that goes in and will try to convert people, but basically say, um, you know, if you'll accept us, then we'll accept your gods and your things as well. You know, we'll, we'll include them with our own. It's the Catholic Church, that's right, right? So the Catholic Church, when they go into a new country or whatever, um, they'll say, you know, hey, you know, they believe God, they believe Jesus, whatever. But to try to get people to join them, instead of saying that their gods are wrong, their gods are not false gods, whatever, they'll just say, we'll accept your gods as well, 
and they just kind of morph them into the whole society here to get them to convert, to get them to become a Catholic, okay? Um, and so it's not just the Muslims and Catholics. There are many religions, many groups of people that do this, okay? Um, so to be able to say, you know, hey, the, the, the Philistines or the, uh, the Palestinians are direct descendants of, um, of the Philistines, I, I just don't know that there's a way that you can say that 100% with accuracy because of all that's transpired you have. And again, the, the, the Palestinians are not made up of just one group of people. It, it's, not these, it's, it's not that you can trace the Palestinian people you know, all the way through. I mean, they're made up of many different Muslims from many different countries, right, um, as I was saying. Um, so I don't know that there's necessarily a way to trace them specifically back to the, the Philistines. Um, it's just, you know, I think sometimes we, you know, sometimes we want to see things that are not necessarily there. Oh, the, the Palestinians are the ones causing Israel problems. And so the Philistines in the Bible were the ones really causing Israel problems. So they must be connected somehow. Not necessarily. Um, I mean, it's not just the Palestinians that are causing Israel problems, right? It's, it's basically the entire Muslim society, okay? Um, those, that are, uh, those that are Muslim, I mean, that whole area, it's not just the Palestinians. Um, I mean, all of those Muslim countries around Israel wish the destruction and the demise of Israel. And it's not just the Muslim countries as well. There's, there's other countries that do it too, um, I don't know if you saw this, I believe it was, I think it was Friday, Thursday or Friday or something like that, that there were 50,000, 50,000 Muslims in the London streets um, lifting up and, and praising Hamas and all the things that are going on, right? Um, so it's not just Palestinians, okay? I mean, there's, there's a, I, I don't know. Again, I haven't really studied this out, but I don't know of any country that has stood with Israel more than America has, right? Um, and I truly believe that's one of the reasons why God has blessed America is because we have stood with Israel, right? And at least there's, there's been enough pressure. <laughs> um, I know there's a lot of people in America that don't want to stand with Israel, by the way. Um, there's a lot of people in America that would rather see Israel just go by the wayside and be destroyed, okay? Um, but I'm, I'm glad that there's at least enough pressure on some, some of our politicians that, that we are still standing with Israel, okay? Uh, when that stops, I have no idea what's going to happen with America, right? Um, yeah, Rob? Yeah, Jesus, Jesus wanted to see the Samaritans saved, yeah. But they were, they were still mixed. What's that? No, they would still not be considered full Jews. Mm -mm. No, because, I mean, they're, they're mixed. Yeah. Why are the Jews hated so? That's a great question, Brother John. Why are the Jews hated so? Short answer, <laughs> because they're God's people. That's, that's the short answer. They're, they're God's people. Um, and again, when you think about, you think about how small Israel is, you think about the population of, of Israel, Jews, and you think about how for thousands of years they have been hated. They have been, they have, people have tried to destroy them, whether it's through the Holocaust, whether it's through these wars, you know, 
um, you know, all of these things. They have, they've been hated by the world because they are God's people, right? And, and I think, and again, I, I try to be very careful about trying to spiritualize a lot of things, but there's no doubt in my mind that Satan is behind the destruction of Israel. His desire is to destroy Israel. It's always been any, anything that God has tried to do, Satan has tried to destroy it, right? The home, God, God institutes the home, marriage between a man and a woman, children, right? What, is, what does the devil try to do? He tries to come in and destroy it, right? Um, the government, right? God, God, God's the one that instituted the government. Well, what does the devil try to do? He comes in and tries to destroy it. The church, God instituted the church. What does he do? He tries to come in and destroy it, right? God's people, Israel, right? I mean, God says, I, I want to bless you, and I want to make a great nation of you, and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to let other nations see the difference between you and them. But instead, Israel chose to follow the other nations. Israel chose to follow Baal and Ashtaroth and all these other gods, and that's why God allowed these other nations to bring judgment upon Israel, the Philistines, right? The, um, the Assyrians, um, the Syrians, the, the Babylonians, right? Uh, I mean, all these nations, God is using them to bring judgment upon Israel, okay? Um, somebody asked me this. I can't remember who it was or when it was. It was just recently, but somebody said, do you think this, this war that's happening is because God is judging Israel? No and yes. It's not specifically something that Israel just did that God is judging Israel for. God's judging Israel for their rejection of Christ 2,000 years ago, right? So from the, from the rejection of Christ, God has stepped away from Israel and said, okay, you're on your own. I'm not going to let anybody completely destroy you, but you're on your own, right? Um, and God has, has set Israel to the side. No longer does God deal with Israel as he did in the Old Testament things, okay? And so, yes, God says they are still my people, and I'm still not going to let them be destroyed. We find God's protection, again, through the Holocaust, through thousands of years of just the total, the world trying to destroy Israel and annihilate Israel, even today. Somebody said, you know, um, in, uh, in February, there's several people in the church that are, uh, there's a trip planned to Israel. And somebody said, are, are you afraid to go to Israel? You know, or does that worry you? And I said, no, it doesn't. It doesn't worry me to go to Israel. Um, because other than being in the United States, the safest place I think I could be would be in Israel. Now, I'm not saying there's not rockets going off, and I'm not saying there's not people dying. But what I am saying is God says he's going to protect Israel. God's not going to allow Israel to fall. Okay, um, And so... What better place to be where God says he's going to protect them, you know? Um, now, I'm, please understand, I'm not just saying I'm just not going to jump in front of a rock and be like, go ahead, try to, you know, that's not what I'm saying. But no, Israel, I, I'm not concerned about Israel because of this. Now, do, do, I, do I hate seeing people die and am I, am I concerned about the war and things? Yeah, absolutely. But I'm not concerned about whether Israel is going to fall or whether they're going to be destroyed because I know what the Bible says. The Bible's already told us what's going to happen. They're not going to be destroyed. God's going to protect them. Okay? 
Um, so, you know, whether that, is, whether that is through this war or whether there's another war to come or another war to come or whatever it is, I mean, there's, there's always been people trying to destroy Israel. And God has said, no, you're not going to do it, right? Um, now, obviously, as a Christian, uh, the greatest thing that we have to look forward to is the rapture, right? We believe that Jesus Christ is going to come back. Uh, then, of course, God is going to deal with Israel again, and, and all of that's going to transpire. But Look, God, God's, we, we hear about wars and, you know, look, and, and yes, you know, people are like, oh, you know, with, with the wars in Israel, that must mean Jesus is coming soon. Well, Jesus has always been coming soon, right? He's always been coming soon. Um, is he going to come because there's a war in Israel? Well, I mean, there's always been wars and stuff going on in Israel. I think what, I, again, I'm, this is just my own personal opinion, I think when things like this happen, we start saying, oh, Jesus is coming, Jesus is coming, Jesus is coming. Well, that's good. I'm, I'm glad that we're saying Jesus is coming, Jesus is coming. But what happens when the war stops? Well, I guess Jesus didn't come. So then what do we do? We go back to our old ways of not doing anything, right? And so... Instead of thinking, oh, man, you know, Jesus is coming, which is great. Well, look, whether Jesus comes with what's going on now or whether he comes later, doesn't matter. Our, 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 our life ought to be Jesus is coming soon. So whether there's a war in Israel, whether there's a not a war in Israel, I should still be living for the Lord, right? Um, and so the, I think the wars just are kind of a reminder to us to, hey, hey, wake, wake up here, right? Wake up, wake up, wake up, you know. You're supposed to be living for the Lord. You're not supposed to be waiting for a war to get you active and be like, oh, wait, Jesus is coming. No, whether there's a war, whether there's not, we ought to be living for the Lord, right? We ought to be doing what's right, right? Being a testimony, okay? Um, and when Jesus comes back, hey, when's he going to come? I don't know. But I do know this. He said he's going to come as a thief in the night, right? He's going to come when it's least expected, Okay? Again, this is, my, this is just my personal opinion. I cannot give you chapter and verse on this, all right? I'm telling you, this is my personal opinion, okay? Um, to me, again, personal opinion, okay? Just want to make sure everybody's aware of that, okay? Personal opinion, okay? To me, it would seem like the Lord would not come at this time. Why? Because everybody's like, oh, the Lord's coming, the Lord's coming, the Lord's coming. We better, better be ready, better be ready. If you knew when a thief was going to come, what would you do? You'd be ready for him, right? If you knew a thief was going to come at 2 o'clock in the morning, guess what's going to happen? You're going to either stay up till 2 o'clock or you're going to wake up at 1.30 and you're going to make sure everything's ready. You're going to have the police there. I mean, if you know a thief is coming at 2 o'clock in the morning, you're going to be ready for that, right? The problem is you never know when a thief is going to come. Never know, right? Um, and that's what Jesus said. He's going to come as a thief in the night. Now, please understand, I'm not saying that Jesus can't come right now. That is not what I'm saying, okay? I'm not saying that. I'm just saying if he says he's going to come as a thief in the night, when no man's expecting him to come, it doesn't seem like he's going to come when everybody's like, oh, Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. Be ready. Jesus is coming. It almost seems like he would wait until it's after it's over and everybody's like, oh, Guess he didn't come, right? Because we got to wait till the next war to get ready. That almost seems like the time that he would come. I mean, to me, again, this is, this is per, 
personal opinion here, okay? Personal opinion. This is not, I'm not taking you to any chapter, any book of the Bible. This is personal opinion here, right? So don't go out and be like, pastor's preaching doctrine that says Jesus isn't coming or whatever. No, I, the personal opinion. We believe Jesus is coming, okay? Um, and we should be ready. Yes, man, we ought to be ready now. But if he doesn't come and this war stops, are we still going to be saying Jesus is coming? We need to be ready. Or are we just going to go back to, well, I guess he didn't come, so let's just wait till the next time and then just go back to doing nothing? That's all I'm saying, right? So, um, so no, I, I don't know if there's necessarily a way that you can go back and say the, the, the Philistines, you know, are now what the Palestinians are and things. There's, I don't know if you can put descendants on it and things like that. There's just, I don't, I don't know that there'd be any way. And again, there might, be, there might be some scientists or scholars or whatever that may disagree with me, and they're like, no, we can actually trace, you know, whatever. I, I've not heard of that, but yeah. Anybody have a question or anything on that? Or anything about that? Oh, yeah, sorry, Jeff. Between who? Job? Right. Sure. Yeah, no, that's very true. And in, in fact, even the same thing with Christians, right? I mean, when, when Satan came to, before the Lord, he said, what about Job? And God says, all right, you can, you can touch Job, just don't touch his body. You know, you can touch everything else. And of course, he loses his wealth and he loses his children and he still doesn't curse God, and God says, all right, you can touch his body now, and you can make him sick. You just can't kill him, right? Um, and so Job gets the boils and the sickness, and yet he still doesn't curse God, right? So yeah, there is a, I would say there is kind of a correlation there, if you could say that. Israel is God's people, and, and no doubt God is saying, okay, you can take this to a certain extent, but you can't go beyond this, right? Uh, yes, you can, you know, there is hatred for Israel, and yes, this is going to happen, and no doubt, you know, what I think is, is more important in these wars is not so much about us, but it's about Israel. It's about God trying to turn Israel back to himself. God trying to show Israel that he is God, right? That they rejected the Messiah. They rejected their creator. They rejected their Savior, okay? Um, and so, again, it's, it's more about Israel, I would say, and what God is trying to do in Israel than what, he's trying, what it is about us, the church, right? Look, the church is secure. We thank God for that, right? We know, hey, if Jesus comes, we're out of here. We're with the Lord Jesus Christ for all of eternity. Look, we're secure, right? But Israel is the one that rejected God. Israel is the one that rejected their Savior. And God, I believe, is trying to use these things to turn Israel's heart and to turn them back to him. And, and obviously, my prayer through this is that there are many Jews that would actually come to know Christ through these wars and through these things like this, right? Um, that's, that's really what our desire ought to be, our prayer ought to be, is that God would turn the hearts of the Jewish people back to him, right? Um, but yeah, I believe, just, just like what Brother Jeff was saying, whether it's Israel and even for Christians, I believe even when, when Satan tries to oppress Christians and tries to attack Christians, there is an extent that Satan can go and no farther unless God allows it, Right? Um, he doesn't have just free reign over God's children, right? He just can't do anything that he wants to. 
Uh, I believe there's a limit. God puts a limit on it. He says, I know that this is that they can't, they, they wouldn't be able to take any more than this, and so I'm not going to let you do any more. Um, you know, so there is, a, there is a limit to what God allows in our lives, and I believe even what you're talking about, like with Israel, um, because God is the one that's in control, right? It's not Satan, it's not. The, the Arab countries are not in control. Satan is not in control. God is still in control, right? And, and we should never forget that. You know, even though, man, you say, man, that looks really uh, dark over there and war and things. Look, God is still in control. He's not lost control. He knew this was going to happen before it ever even happened, right? Brother John? Correct. Correct. Right, yes. So, Brother John, and uh, I'm not even sure if I'll be able to answer this because our time is up. Brother John was saying the Jews are God's chosen people, but the Jews rejected God. He rejected, okay, maybe, let me step back. It's not they rejected God, they rejected Jesus as being their Messiah, Jesus as being the Son of God, right? Um, and so how, I think the question is, is if they rejected God, how are they still God's chosen people? Is that, is that your question there? Yeah. Um, well, whether they reject God or not, they're, they're still God's chosen people, and, and here's why. One, one reason, let me just kind of, I'm, I'm just going to sum this up really quick, um, but we can talk about this more next week if, if we need to. Why, why is Israel still God's chosen people even though Israel rejected God? Messiah. One reason. God's promise. God promised Abraham that there would be that this this would be his people, right? And God always keeps his promise. God never breaks a promise. And God promised Abraham 4000 years ago that his descendants would be his people. God's chosen people. It didn't mean that they were always going to follow him. It didn't mean that they were always going to believe. I mean, again, think about all the times that they went astray and the Philistines came and conquered them and the Babylonians came and conquered them and the Assyrians came and conquered them and all these because they would go astray. But just because they went astray didn't mean that they were God's chosen people, right? How many of you have kids? You have kids, right? How many of your kids always obeyed you? Only two of you. That's great. All right, two of you. Yes. Um, no, your, your kids didn't always obey you. Many times they may have gone astray, but did that change the fact that they were still your children and that you love them? No, it doesn't change that fact. That's the same way with God. They're God's chosen people. Even though they may go astray, it doesn't change that fact, right? God's promise. All right, I got to stop. We got people out there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when I say God's chosen people, I'm talking about Israel. Right. No, that's true. Yeah. Just because they're God's chosen people doesn't mean Israel is saved. Yeah. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll talk about, more about that next, next week then. Yeah. That's a good point. All right. You're dismissed.